Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Have you ever been afraid of another person? Has there been a professor or a teacher in your life that you knew to be a hard man or a hard woman? So you were afraid of what kind of grade that they were going to give you? Or have you ever done something wrong that you were afraid to tell your parents about? You were afraid of how they were going to react. Fear is a terrible thing. It sets up a boundary between us and the person that we're afraid of. I can remember in junior high school, I was not a good student, to say the very least. I remember one year in particular when I was really letting my grades slip. I was not using the gifts that God gave me And I wasn't really trying at all. I would get home from school and my parents would say, go to your room and make sure you do your homework. And I would say, okay. And then I would go up to my room for about an hour, hour and a half maybe. And then I would come down and my parents would say, did you finish your homework? And you can guess what I answered. Yes. But in reality, I hadn't even cracked a book. Or looked in my bags. I don't even know what I was doing up there. (laughs) But I would just be buying time. And then the next morning, I would start to panic because I knew that my homework was due. So I'm not proud of this, but I would go on the school bus and go to my cousin Ed or some other person that I knew would not have the guts to not do their homework. And I would say, hey, can I see what you got for those answers? And I'd cheat. I'd write it all out. But then there was a problem. Because by the time tests rolled around, I had absolutely no clue what was going on in the class. So I barely passed. And by the time judgment day came around, that is report card day, I was absolutely terrified. I did not want my parents to see it. So when I got off the bus with report card in my hands, this was before the internet, (laughs) I actually took that report card and as I was walking up the driveway to the end times when I would see my mom and dad, I saw a rock just to the right of the driveway and I went and I took that report card and I put it under a rock. I literally did that. (laughs) I mean, you should have known parents were going to wonder eventually, but that's what I did with that report card. I was afraid of my parents. You see, in that fear, it actually stemmed from things I was doing. I was lying, breaking the seventh commandment all year long, or eighth commandment all year long. I was not telling the truth. 
And my parents would have been glad to help. We could have did this together. All year long, we could have been working together and actually building our relationship in a stronger way. But I chose to go it alone. And on report card day, I had nothing to... I had nothing but the fear of punishment set out before me. So how do we interact with God? Do we walk alone with fear of interaction with Him? Or do we call upon Him in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks as we go along this life? Jesus' parable today shows us the actions of three different individuals. Two, acted in complete trust and freedom, while one acted in fear. Their actions stemmed from what they knew of their master, and it stemmed from what they thought their actions, their actions would have resulted in. Uh, Jesus teaches that his second coming will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another he gave two, to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away, and he who had the five talents, he went out at once and he traded with them, and he ended up receiving five talents more. And the other who had received two talents, he actually had two talents more. Now what do we see here? We saw two people who were not afraid. And they were not afraid to use considerable amounts of money. A silver talent was worth a day's wage, but a gold talent, and it doesn't specify which one here, a gold talent was worth up to 30 days' wages. A whole month's worth of pay. That's quite a bit of money. It's a considerable amount of money. And was there risk in what they did? Yes, there was risk. But even though there was risk, they acted in freedom. And why would they feel this way? The answer is they had a rapport with their master. They trusted him. They knew him to be good. Jesus then tells us about the third individual. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. You can almost see him. If you've ever done something you shouldn't, there's a process that goes on first. Nobody can see me doing what is wrong here. Or at least not anybody I know. There was one person I, I knew of that... Um, if, uh, like, maybe we are 100% against underage drinking, but if you're over 21, it's, it's illegal. There was one person who I ever, if I ever ordered a beer at their table, it was a Christian friend of, of mine that thought that this was extremely wrong, and uh, that person would always go, like, looking to, around the restaurant to see if any people from her church were, were looking <laughs> But that's part of the process. 
If you feel, if you're about to do something that you know you shouldn't, you want to make sure that nobody sees you. This guy goes out and he hides what the Lord has given him, what his master gave him. He hides it in the ground. You can picture him making sure that nobody sees this. He didn't want to lose it. What was his motivation? In the end, I think his motivation was the same motivation that I had with my parents. In other words, he was acting in fear. Let's take a look at the scripture. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Stop right there for a second. If an earthly parable, if a if a earthly parable has a heavenly meaning, what is the meaning here? The answer is simple. These people represent those who are going into heaven. They enter into the joy of their master. And based on the entire testimony of Scripture, they are receiving heaven not because they gave God money. All money is His anyway. They're entering into heaven because they knew Him through His Son, Jesus. And if you even go further in the testimony of Scripture, Jesus says, Abide in Me, and you will bear much fruit. These men knew their master to be a gracious man. And they could not help but bear fruit. If we know God through Jesus, we cannot help but bear fruit as well. He is the vine, you are the branch. The vine holds on to the branch and gets everything it needs from the branch. The fruit happens. You can't help it. You're given little. You produce much. Not because you're acting in, oh, what is he going to do? It's because you're receiving the love that comes from God. Love bears forth more love. God's love for you bears forth love for your neighbor. What about the third man? He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you in this way. I knew you to be a hard man. And you gather where you scattered no seed, and I was afraid. So I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. I can't even look at you. I love that picture. 
I love it because it bears a truth of a situation. I hate the situation. The master replies, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. You ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. For the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yikes. What is Jesus doing here? He is sharing with us the reality of the wrath of God over our sin. This is real. Our sin wants us to keep wants to keep us away from God. And it tells you, oh, if you come into the light of God, it is going to be scary. All the while, God has been reaching out to us. We had we used to have my grandfather had horse has horses. And you'd always, to reach out to make sure the horse wasn't scared of you, you would reach out your hand. And in your hand, you would have something good. Either molasses or grain, something that they liked. Something to show that you come in peace. In our small catechism, for the Lord's Prayer, there's a picture. And in It's the hand of God reaching down. And in his hand is the crucified Christ. I desire to make peace with you. If we don't come up under that peace, or if we say no thanks, we're choosing the other hand. The hand that has to deal with sin. It's already been dealt with, but we're saying, no, I would like to do it on my own. And that comes the wrath of God. And Jesus wants to let you know, this is scary. And he wants to let you know, while there's still time to know, so that you will take the mercy the grace. He doesn't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters. He wants you to be well informed so that the final day, as St. Paul says, there will be no excuse. We want to rest up under the shelter of God's grace. And what happens then? That's perfect love. And what does perfect love do? It bleeds away all fear. It casts it out. Fear leave because the light of the gospel stands here. It is important to know God in his grace. Unlike the man in the third parable.
I pray that all of us would let God's perfect love in Christ Jesus cast away our fears. I pray that we would look at the cross to see that it has been paid in full. And I pray that we would look at our baptism and see it as a place where he saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that we would be called heirs, God's children. We are free. Paul comforts Christians preparing for the day of the Lord in this way. He says, but you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like it would a thief. You are children of light, children of the day. For God has destined, for God has not destined us for wrath but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep that we live in him. You see, there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear. For fear, it has to do with punishment and you can see in that picture that guy He does not know him through his grace. It's not that it wasn't there. The other two who worked right alongside him, they knew him in his grace. Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Jesus has taken away our punishment. You know what? It is all sufficient. There is no more to give. But he will not force himself on you. Otherwise, that would fail to be love. If you do not know Jesus, there is still time. There is still time to be washed with water and the word. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, having washed her with water and the word. There is still time. If you do not know Jesus, talk to me or talk to one of your Christian friends. Please talk to us. There is no need to be afraid of God. Let his perfect love cast away all your fear. Abide in his love and you will end up doing something you never expected. You will bear much fruit. Fruit of love that you may not even be aware of until that last day when he says to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. And now let the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.